What's going on, everyone? You're listening to the Brazos Sports Preps Cast. I'm Alex Miller, joined always by Abigail Ochoa. Abigail, Wednesday morning, how are we feeling? Week nine of the season, we're rolling strong. Oh my goodness, week nine already. Um, I'm doing good. Astros won last night, tied in the series. It's always nice to um, have football, baseball at the same time. But um, yeah, I'm doing great, ready to get this week going a little bit we got a thursday game here so so always exciting well everyone in houston's talking about that astros offense but let's talk about that (laughs) college station defense um we'll start with that we talk a lot about the explosiveness and in the playmaking ability that the the cougars have on their offense i mean we've we've listed the weapons we know what they're about but their defense has been one of the most dominant units in the entire state this season. Um, College Station's allowing just 6.3 points and 176 yards per game. And that domination was seen last Friday. They shut out Cleveland. Um, Our friend John Clendenin had them down for allowing zero yards. Uh, The coaching staff at College Station said they allowed seven. Whether it was zero or it's seven, the fact remains. That is about as dominant of a performance as you're going to see. Um, you know, Abigail, y- you cover the Cougars pretty regularly. What is it about that that unit that just makes them so strong? They're so physical, and they really don't give anybody room to breathe. And I don't know if that makes sense, but I, I guess the perfect example of that is, you know, last week when I was talking to uh, defensive coordinator Chan Buckler, he described uh, Jackson Slinker as like accelerating when, when if, if a receiver has any room or if a runner has any room, Jackson Slinker kind of just accelerates and is able to make that tackle whenever that. And I think that's a perfect example of like everybody's able to do that. <laughs> and, and so they're able to get through these guys so fast. If somebody happens to get through the line, um, which is pretty hard to do, um, because they have a great uh, D line, but somebody is able to, they have four or five guys out there um, in the backfield who are able to really just, they're so physical. They're, their tackles are amazing. They're able to make plays, whether that's, you know, forcing a fumble or, or things like that. But um, yeah, they're just so physical. You know, when you have multiple guys out there doing the same thing, it's pretty hard to, to, to beat them. I, and, and I think Locklear and, and the staff have done a great job um, this year, especially with these guys. I, I truly believe that it's a, a culmination of, of all these guys growing up in this program. This is, you know, some guys, this is their third year on varsity. They're, they're used to this um, and they're used to the way that they're being coached. And I think that helps a lot. Um, you know, the, these seniors have seen they're, they're um, you know, when they were underclassmen, these guys, you know, were going to state and, and, and they were making it far in the playoffs. And I think they see, they've seen that their whole lives. And I think it's really helped right now. Yeah. You know, we talk about how good Jackson Slanker is. We know Harrison Robinson. I mean, he was an all BV pick last year. They've got a pretty salty secondary, but how about that defensive line with, with Connor Lindgren, Caleb Scow and Corbin Johnson? I mean, just up front, you know, they're really strong. And it seems like they've got the size, too. For sure, for sure. They're really great. Uh, great guys to have up there in the front. Um, you know, College Station right now is only allowing about 85 rushing yards per game. 
all, those three guys, Lingering Scout and Johnson, have a combined seven sacks. I mean, the, the trio is no joke um, when you think about it. And I, I'll just list some stats right now from them. Lingard has 35 tackles, eight tackles for loss, six quarterback pressure. Um, Scal has 37 tackles, five tackles for loss, five quarterback pressures. And Johnson has 30 tackles, 12 tackles for loss, five quarterback pressures. I, I mean, those are pretty good numbers to have right now, I believe. And, you know, I won't be surprised if we see one or two of these guys on the All-BV team when we get there. Um, but they, you know, uh, Slanker mentioned it last week as well. They really give their linebackers room to move. And I think that really causes a ripple effect. Like we said, once you get, you know, if somebody does get past them, they have those guys who have, you know, who are able to see, they're able to make some plays there um, um, if, if somebody happens to get over there. But, you know, the defense has, they forced five interceptions, seven forced fumbles. I mean, they're really on a roll here. And I think it really starts with that, that trio out there in the front. Well, it, we, we, we mentioned, I think, was it last week or the week before that um, College Station hadn't allowed more than 50 points total on the season. Right. Um, you think the Cougars are going to keep that up this week and, and maybe even next week? I mean, they're playing a Candy Creek team that they haven't won a game this year. Yeah, uh, they have won one game, but it was – They won one game. Not, my bad, my bad. I think it was non-district. Um, so, but, I, yeah, I don't think there's any doubt that College Station um, – I'll be surprised if it's not similar to last week against Cleveland where, you know, it's a 70 to zero score. Um, Canyon Creek is averaging about 7.4 points per game. They're one in six overall this season. Um, they were shut out by New Caney and Magnolia. Um, and we saw what College Station was able to do against those two teams. So I see something similar happening. Um, what happened against Cleveland um, and College Station, let's not forget, they still have Waller next week, who hasn't been doing that great this season, who's been struggling a little bit. So, I mean, they have a chance to do it two weeks in a row. <laughs> and I think that's really going to help them, obviously, to get back west at the end there, um, which will be a tough a tough test, like we've talked about. But, um, yeah, I, I think there's no doubt that they can do that again this week. Well, moving along, you know, we, we talk about – there how college stations defense hasn't really been challenged, but these last couple of weeks, but can anyone challenge Franklin at all? I mean, yeah. let's talk about those Franklin lines for a minute. We knew going into the season that they were the state favorite in three, a division two, but I mean, they've probably been more dominant than we likely would have expected. I mean, you look at their season and aside from that, that seven point road win over Lorena, who by the yeah. way is state ranked in three, a division one and is one of the state favorites in that division. Nobody's come close to keeping pace with Franklin. They've outscored their district opponents, 253 to 38. That's an average victory of 63 to 10. Um, Franklin can clinch the top seed in the playoffs this Friday with a win over Buffalo. Who's kind of having a down year uh, two and five overall. And they're only a season removed from having a fourth round playoff appearance where uh, you were at that game, I believe, when they they had to try and they Franklin had to beat them twice to get to the state semifinals. Is that right? They did. Yeah. And and I think if, if Buffalo wasn't having the year that they're having so far, at least this game would have been huge. I mean, this would have been something that we would have been talking about of, of can Buffalo, you know, get that revenge that they, I'm sure that they want on Franklin. This year, I'm not so sure just how Franklin's been playing, but 
they did have to face each other twice last year, which is, um, you know, one of a few teams that Franklin had to do that with. But um, yeah, different time this year round. So the question remains, Abigail, when will we see the Lions challenged? Yeah, you know, I, I think my answer in the beginning of the season probably would have been different from now. Um, like I mentioned, Buffalo would have been in there. Lexington might have been in there had we had Jared Kerr this whole time. Um, you know, they, their record could be a little bit better if they had maybe had him um, or even Rodgers um, would be games to look out for, um, especially with Buffalo being later in the season. Like I said, I would have obviously um, counted them as a contender here to beat Franklin, but um it, it, it'll be a while before Franklin is able to really get a, a, a team, I believe, that, that's really going to push them, really going to challenge them. It's going to be a, you know, a game like Lorraine in the beginning um, where they, you know, they narrowly escape. But, um, yeah, it, it's crazy to think that that might not come until, you know, rounds and rounds into the playoffs. Um, but that's the road that Franklin is going down right now, and I think that's the road that they want to stay at. Um, the things, you know, we don't talk about it a lot, obviously, but Mark Bannon, the things that he's been able to do with his team, I mean, this is the second year as head coach, it's been pretty amazing. They go to state his first year. They're on the track to go to state again. They're just dismantling teams at any chance they get. Their defense is amazing. Their offense has so many guys that they can turn to. Um, it almost seems unfair sometimes about the amount of guys that, that can really make place for them. Um, you know, last year, Franklin had to overcome a lot to make it to state. Like, like we said, they had to beat Lexington twice. They had to beat Buffalo twice. They played Wascom team. That was great. Um, and I think this year um, for them, it, it probably is really nice that it, it's almost a given that they will make that trip to Arlington in December. And um, I think based on last year and this year, I think they've earned that. Um, so it'll be really fun to see once we start getting more into the playoffs, who really is able to challenge them. But um, yeah, it's been a good ride so far for them. Yeah. As it stands, nobody in region four in three, a division two ranked in the top 10. Um, you know, they played, they played Wascom in that state semifinal game you were at. That was a really good game. Yeah. Maybe see yeah. a rematch in round five, uh, Newton, West Rusk. I mean, they're all in the top 10 in region three. And so region three is going to be a dog fight. Uh, <laughs> yeah. when, when you think about that, you got a lesion fields over there. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it's fun. That, yeah. I mean, if, if Franklin can get to that, that fifth round and win, I mean, you're looking at some really good games potentially between any of the three or four that we just mentioned, not mm -hmm. to mention, Hey, maybe they get a rematch against Canadian. Or maybe this is Gunter's year, and they're they're able to get to that state championship. They run that wacky offense with the with the little pistol option up there north of Dallas. But yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, oh, sorry. No, you I, got I think, it. Uh, I saw something. Uh, Dave Campbell, you know, they put out like who would be in the state title game right now if it if the season ended right here, and I think it was Franklin and Gunter for three A. But uh, so that would be exciting either way. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Who they who they match up with? Well, moving along, let's 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 look at Anum Consolidated. Man, oh man, the Tigers lost in kind of a tragic way last Friday. Couldn't couldn't finish against Montgomery in a game that was 
honestly might decide the district championship at this point. Um, you know, we talked last week, Consol was going to be out with Brody Daniel, their quarterback. Still, still not certain if he's going to play this week against Fulshire, um, recovering from that head injury. So Will Hargett, the, the freshman, he got he got the nod first varsity start in a really big game. He got a lot better as the game went on. Um, you know, Coach Fedora set him up for success, completing some simple throws on some screens. You know, he, Fedora said he liked the communication that he had with him. Um, and, you know, give, give Consol credit. You know, they kind of came out to a slow start. Montgomery got up. I think it was 14-0. But Consol came right back, and they took the lead in the fourth quarter. But Jalen Washington, I mean, that guy's just a gamer. He he just barreled through their 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 defense and, and scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, if if Will Hargett is the guy this week, we'll, we'll see what kind of growth is made from game one to game two as the, as the starter. That's where I'll be Friday night. Um, you know, I, I feel like I feel like that that you'll see some growth. You know, uh, I, I feel like coaches normally say the biggest growth they see from guys is from that first game to the second. Um, but this is a sneaky road game against Fulshire, and uh, a win on Friday puts the Tigers in the playoffs. Uh, Abigail, you saw Fulshire last Friday against Rudder. Where's kind of the strength of this Chargers team, and what Consol is going to be going to be going against on Friday? Yeah, like you mentioned, Fulcher is really sneaky. Um, I think Montgomery is too. The fact that they're number one, uh, you know, at the top of the district standings undefeated is uh, not something anybody, anybody expected um, at this time of the season. But yeah, back to Fulcher, the strength of that Chargers team is is their defense, no doubt. Uh, last week, I'm not sure um, how they are now, but they were the number one de- uh, defense in the district. <laughs> Um, and, and, you know, you can always see those stats on paper and think, okay, well, those are pretty good numbers, but um, seeing in them in action really solidified that, I think, for me. Um, they stopped Rudder, uh, Rudder, which is the number one offense in the district, twice on the three-yard line. Um, it, it was pretty amazing. <laughs> one time it was a fumble. One time um, EJ Ezar e, threw an interception in the end zone. They're strong all over. That defense is pretty amazing. Um, they have a really good uh, defensive back, Ma- um, Maverick uh, Stromberg, I believe is his name. He intercepted Ezar twice. Um, they're just really physical. They're really fast. They're able to get to your guys. And to be able to stop Rudder twice at the three-yard line is a pretty impressive feat for looking at what Rudder's been able to do this season offensively. So um, I think the defense is for sure something that the the Tigers need to watch out for. Their offense isn't as strong, I would say, when you compare the two. Um, But what Parker and and Tajay Williams have been able to do, or what they were able to do against Rudder was pretty impressive. I think um, the Rangers' defense obviously won that matchup. They won that game for them. Um, But, you know, if we look, if, uh, you know, maybe Rudder had missed that field goal in the second half, if, if, you know, if they had, if, if Fulcher had scored maybe a little bit earlier than the two that they did in the second half, um, I think it would have been a different game. It would have changed things. Um, they were still able to push Rudder's defense even at the end to get to um, to 12, 17-12 was the final score. So I think it'll be a tough test for Consol, especially if Brody is still out. 
Um, but like you said, hopefully we'll see, you know, Will, obviously that's a tough spot to go into. You're a freshman, you're coming in at a crucial time for your team, um, you know, with the quarterback out. But um, yeah, I think Fulcher is really sneaky. They're, they're sneakily good. And um, so I think it'll be a pretty big test for Cathal here. Yeah, and you know, Coach Fedora said it. The, a win this week makes next week's game important too for for seeding purposes. Playing against Rudder, Rudder's I think what three and one in the district. Um, they have a they're off this week, of course, and um, so definitely a big one because that that makes next week uh, you're playing for second or third place, and that's the difference between a first round playoff game at home or taking a long bus ride to East Texas, which Consol had to do last year going to Pine Tree and, and they weren't able to win. So yeah. um, that's a game, you know, Rudder trying to make the playoffs for the first time. But, hey, you know, looking ahead, I mean, if Rudder's able to upset Consol next week, I mean, get their first ever win over the Tigers uh, in school history, I mean, you're looking at not only making the playoffs, but you get a home game that first round. Yeah. That would be huge. <laughs> for coach Ezar's crew. So we will for sure be keeping an eye on that. That's, that's probably most of what we'll talk about next week. I have a feeling. 100%. 100%. Well, here comes Brian, the Vikings, Abigail. We got a big road win over Colleen yeah. on Thursday. They're in a four, four-way tie for third place in 12-6A. Interesting. Belton has the tiebreaker over Brian, beating them in overtime, of course, earlier this year. But the Vikings have the tiebreaker over Colleen Shoemaker. Uh, here we go, Abigail. I mean, we, we, were, we were waiting on it, and we kind of knew if Brian could put it together, they've got this stretch of games where they could make a run at it, and here we go. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, they, they, Brian showed some great things on Thursday. He scored 21 unanswered points to be clean. Um, you know, Dwayne Paul Hill had a run, and then he returned a fumble for 45 yards for another score. I mean, this is exactly what needs to happen for Brian, and we talked about it. Their offense really needed to get going. We, You know, they get, needed to get some of that fire back, and I think with Tate Allen there as quarterback, they've really been able to do that. Um, all the guys are kind of rallying around him, helping him out um to be the sophomore but I really think that with the offense getting things together we know what their defense can do and we're starting to see that kind of come to life as well um you know the defense can't do it alone so I think it's really nice having this offense really come together find that spark um and they still have a chance to make the playoffs which is you know something I think in the beginning of the season we weren't sure if that was possible um they were able to push Belton and and I'm sure they're like why couldn't we get that belt and win in overtime? I'm sure that's like something that's hard for them to, to really, um, to really understand. But I think, you know, they have next, they have a uh, copper's Cove who's one and three, and then they play Ellison who's two and two before Harker Heights, obviously. Um, but they still have a chance here. And, and I think that's a, an amazing thing for the Vikings. They have some of that hope alive and um, I think they might be able to do it. So <laughs> it'll be fun to see the rest of the season kind of play out. Yep, Vikings going for that third straight win. Definitely a favorable matchup against the Bulldogs this week. Win puts them in the top half of the district. Probably one win away from clinching a playoff spot, too. 
All right, Abigail, let's let's go to the area. Uh, what was one game that caught your eye last week? So Snook, you know, they beat Somerville, which I can't remember which team I picked to win, but I think I might have picked Somerville. I, I you know, Snook was projected one by two, but you know, they kind of um, get get a little bit farther there with Somerville. Um, a great win for the Blue Jays. They come, they're coming off a loss against Burton and Iola. Um, you know, who are fighting for those playoff spots there. Um, it's really good to see, I think, overall, what I took from that. It's really good to see um, Garrett Lee um, really, really come in clutch for the Blue Jays. And he scored all three of the third quarter touchdowns on runs of, you know, four to 91 yards. And he threw a 75-yard touchdown um, to Jose Garcia. You know, he, so he, he had, he had I, I believe, more than 300 yards he was on the honor roll this week um this is the kind of play that we expected from him in the beginning of the season and I think he's really finding his stride right now um which is a good thing for Snook um you want that guy to find his stride at any point of the season and I think he's really finding it right now they showed it against Somerville who um is a tough team I, you have Johnny Legg and, and for Kobe uh Woodbury that duo was, is uh, lethal by themselves. And I think being able to stop them um, was really, you know, a nice thing to see from Snook's defense, but offensively, you know, having Garrett in there, um, really putting up some yards and really, um, you know, coming in clutch with them, like I said. So it's really cool to see a uh, really nice one for Snook. But what about you, Alex? What, what game caught your eye? Yeah, uh, Brenham shutting out Fleurville Connolly. Uh, you know, th- that that district's not I – don't, I don't think it's the best district, but how about Brenham? You know, we don't really talk about them. They're, they're kind of on the fringe of the area that we cover, but they've won five straight games. They're 4-0 in district. You know, they, they started the season with the, with the two losses to the Magnolia schools, and it's shaping up like they're going to have a district championship game in the last week of the season on the road against Leander Rouse which is probably going to be a really hard game for them. But, you know, they've got Elgin this week, a winnable game. Um, yeah. You know, Brenham's starting to figure it out. And we, we knew coming into the season that they had some pieces where they've got some talented guys, especially on that defense. Um, and so, you know, Brenham really starting to figure it out. That, that's a tradition-rich school. We're used to seeing them in the playoffs. So we'll, we'll see if the Cubs can keep it rolling. Hey, how about us? We we finally we finally did pretty good in our picks last week. I, I think know. both of us went 22 and 2. How about that? I know, and I'm still in last place. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, I don't know, but hey, we can't be good at everything, I guess. Hey, we're we're making up ground. I need Cease to to accidentally pick uh pick somebody that's not favored to win. But I know it's Primo. Yeah. All right, Abigail. We'll close with this. What is one game you're watching this week? Yeah, so Cameron will be at Lorena. Um, I think this is gonna be a really good, you know, game. I, I Lorena is I believe they can clinch the district title with this win. They're three and oh right now at the top of district standings. Um, Cameron is tied at second with the uh, Little River Academy at three and one. Um, it's a big chance for the Yeoman here. Um, obviously, not not only to you know push Lorena down a step, 
but um, you know, just a, a big win for the program. I think, um, you know, with all the turnaround that they've had to do this year and, and uh, the start that they had, I think um, the fact that this game is, you know, I believe a close one, I think shows how much they've improved throughout the season and how much talent they really have. Um, they're playing on a short week almost. Um, they had to play Friday instead of, I mean, they had to play Saturday instead of Friday because of official problems. Right. Um, so that, yeah, that was kind of a weird deal. Um, I, I guess officials were scheduled, but, or they weren't scheduled and nobody called to make sure. I, I don't, I'm not sure exactly what happened there. I believe it was homecoming for Cameron. So it's kind of a weird deal. They had to play Saturday, obviously. Um, so they're coming off of a unexpected story week and then they're playing the, the number one team in the district, but I think it, it, it might come down to, to being a shootout between the two offenses. I really think Cameron's defense is going to have to step up if they want to, if they want to beat, uh, Lorena, obviously we mentioned earlier, Lorena almost beat Franklin, Franklin won 27 to 20. It's a really tight game. We know they're a good team <clears throat> and Cameron lost to Franklin 41 to 21 in the second half. So I think Cameron's defense is really going to need to step up here if they really want to stop Lorena. Lorena's only allowing about 14 points per game. Um, they're scoring 41 points per game, <laughs> including two shutouts. So <clears throat> I think that they have a great offensive line. I think Cameron's defense is going to really have to really have to be more physical and, and really slow them down in the beginning. Um, to, to get this game going, but I think it will be a good game. I, I believe that will be a, a nice game. And who knows what Cameron can do? Maybe it's an upset here. It's a big win if they do that. Um, so we'll see what they're able to do on Friday. Well, the game I've got my eye on, Norman G traveling to Alto, Alto, excuse me, but Yellow Jackets, <laughs> which I think they're the Yellow Jackets and their colors. Yeah. I don't understand that. Oh, that's but, interesting. Anyway, they're on the road. This is a big game. Normandy's 3-0. They've really found their footing uh, with Isaiah Jones coming back, um, which obviously when, when he was out, they, they weren't doing very well on offense in, in a couple of those losses. But now that he's back, they, they're, they're, they're hitting their stride. I mean, that offense is electric. And, you know, this is a big road game. If Normandy wins, that's going to set up a district championship game at home next week against rival Centerville. And we know how good Centerville is. And man, oh man, I mean, that's going to be the last week of the season. And that, that, that's going to be a great game. Um, if it, if it's between two, four and O teams trying to think who does Centerville have this week, they've got Grapeland who's one and two, probably, probably going to win that game. Uh, I, I, I feel confident Centerville probably win that game, but yeah, you know, if, if Normandy can get past Alto, I mean, we're going to have a big one over there in 11, two, a one next week. So here come the Panthers. Yeah. They, they had the, they had the great, they had the great season last year, but don't be deceived. They might be five and three, but they're better than you think. So, all right, Abigail, I think that's everything. Um, who knew we could do this on our own, but, yeah. <laughs> um, any, any final thoughts? No, no, I, I'm really excited. I think a lot of games are, you know, playoffs are on the line here. This is when we start really getting in, 
into who, if they win, what happens, if they win, what happens. So um, it's a really exciting time right now. Um, obviously some big games um, locally and things like that, but um, yeah, no, I'm really excited that we're getting close to that playoff time, the end of the regular season, which is, um, those matchups are a little bit crazier, but um, yeah, no, exciting. All right. Well, that's going to do it from us. Be sure to like, subscribe, listen to our podcast on Apple and Spotify. Be sure to check the eagle.com for all of our high school football coverage this week and throughout the rest of the season. So thanks for tuning in everyone for Abigail. I'm Alex. We'll see you next week.